Man Up, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting today on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. I am Joe Stopulus, and today we are going to listen to part two, an excerpt of part two of the Holy Family Project from Pulse Life Advocates. And today's guest on this episode was Bill Donahue. Bill Donahue, who is from the Theology of the Body Institute. We are going to discuss Mary. Uh, and you know this very important part. We have a four-part episode. Mary and her role in the Holy Family. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. On the other side of the break, we will have on Bill Donahue, along with Maggie DeWitty, Tom Coiner, and myself. Uh, if you missed part one, you can go on right now. You can listen to the podcast uh, from last week where we had Bishop Jones and on discussing an overview of the Holy Family. Uh, also discussed a lot about theology of the body, the, this teaching. Is obviously, you're going to find out, uh, if you haven't already, that is kind of the, the the framework with which we are talking here. We are talking about the theology of the body along with the Holy Family. And this idea that only through Holy Families can we save the world, can we change the world for the better, and we're going to look at it through these prisms, through these lenses of Mary, Jesus, and Joseph. And today's guest, Bill Donahue, from the Theology of the Body Institute. There are very few people in the world today who are as well-versed on Theology of the Body. So he was a really great guy, a really good guest to have on for this project. And if, you've, uh, if you haven't already, you can go on right now to pulseforlife.org. That's pulseforlife.org, and you can sign up. They are being released. Episode two was released last night, yesterday night. Um, and you can go ahead and sign up, watch all the previous episodes. Then you also have the new ones when they're released uh, sent to you. And you'll be reminded of that. And you'll be able to see uh, what's coming up and be, be able to participate with the other people listening. Again, this, uh, you know, Pulse for Life, for, uh, Pulse Life Advocates, pulseforlife.org is the uh, the organization formerly known as Ions for Life. And so this project uh, was a way to help us to evangelize the culture, a way to teach and defend the teachings of the church, especially when it comes to uh, to sexuality, when it comes to uh, to the uh, idea, especially with theology of the body. Last week we talked so much about humanae vitae and how all these things play into the role of the family and the guide of the holy family uh, as our guide. So stick around, we're going to head to a short break, and when we return you'll have an excerpt of part two of the Holy Family Project from Pulse Life Advocates. St. Vincent de Paul helps so many people. You're right, Zoe. St. Vincent de Paul Executive Director Steve Havman here. We are serving over 32,000 local residents with food, clothing, furniture, and financial assistance annually. We invite you to learn more about all of our life-changing programs that positively impact so many Iowans by simply Googling St. Vincent de Paul of Des Moines. Our mission is to help those in need become self-sufficient through education, community connectedness, and unconditional support. Help us help others. Even kids! 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Learn more about Five Sons Naturescapes at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally since 2012 and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers. Confluence Brewing Company, 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Confluencebrewing.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75%, yes, 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits beginning January 1st of this year. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online, ctoiowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. My Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are now going to listen to an excerpt of part two from the Holy Family Project from Pulse Life Advocates. As we're unpacking, there's, there's so much to unpack. You mentioned how many, just the, it's a huge volume of work, the theology of the body. Today's specific episode, in context of the Holy Family, how to build a Holy Family, specifically with Mary. What can the theology of the body teach us about Mary as, a, as an example to mothers today? Yeah, you, the idea of, of motherhood, of Mary, of fruitfulness, this is actually so deeply tied to John Paul II's own life and, and the teaching that flowed out of his heart. He lost his mother as, as many know, if you know his story, he lost his mother when he was very, very young. And this created in John Paul II, the young Carol Wojtyla, such a hunger, right? A mother hunger. He turned right to when his earthly mother passed, he turned right to his heavenly mother and, and said, Mary, you must be my mother now. Uh, she was always close to his lips, close to his heart. When John Paul II was shot on May 13th, 1981. The first things out of his mouth as he slumped over, blood coming out of his body, Monsignor Jeevish holding him, he said, Mary, my mother, Mary, my mother. He dedicated his whole papacy to Our Lady. He said, totus tuus, I'm totally yours. So he knows by going back to our mother, right, our, our heavenly mother, Mary, we find authentic identity. We find our, um, who, who we are as humans. We find our path to fruitfulness. It's all tied to the mother. There's an amazing parallel that John Paul II opens up about Eve, the mother of all the living in Genesis, who, as we know, fell. And Joe, it it was not selflessness with Eve and Adam, but selfishness. So the fall of the first woman is, is made right again by the new Eve, Mary. And so Mary's fruitfulness was her, yes, her selfless love. So as we ponder fruitfulness, motherhood, in Mary, we're going to find here like the reset. This is the great reset. What is under attack today but woman, mother, fruitfulness? Fertility is often seen as an obstacle to freedom. This pondering of of fruitfulness and motherhood in Mary is, is going to be the reset. Now we're going to realize fertility is a gift, not a curse. It's a blessing that we have to get back to if we're going to have a culture of life. I heard uh, someone make this comment about Mary. Uh, I think 
a lot of people don't understand Mary because they they view her as being so passive. But the quote I heard was that uh, Mary's fiat was not one of passivity, but rather of superior or even supernatural strength. Um, tell us a little bit more about the strength of Mary and how she models this for moms and dads who are watching this today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that you're opening this up, Tom, because we do have this image of Mary as we can have this image of Mary, which is false, as just sort of, you know, God's doormat. You know, heaven storms earth. Mary, just just say the word. We're coming in and we're going to start salvation. And Mary's just always quiet and still. And the holy cards are always just. But when you look at the original Greek in the New Testament, where it's let it be done unto me according to your word there's like an active passivity. There's like an active receptivity, rather. It's really, I long that this be done unto me. I hunger for God to come into me. Mary is dynamic. Uh, Mary is vivacious. She's a woman on fire with love of God. And so I think all of us, it's, for us, it's an active receptivity. We open to God so he will fill us. He will fulfill us. He stirs the longing in our hearts to become the selfless gift. So far from being a static figure in a holy card that's untouchable and floating off the earth, you know, Mary is in touch. Mary is grounded. Mary is all woman and woman hungry for God. And so by opening her fiat, like she changed the course of the, of the human family, right? St. Bernard of Clairvaux a great mystic uh, from the 13th century, he had this vision of Mary, the, all of the heavenly court, all the angels hovering over Mary at that moment when Gabriel proposes that Jesus is coming with bated breath. All the angels are waiting like, I hope she says yes. I hope she says yes. That's not passivity. The Lord gave her a choice and she heroically said yes to fruitfulness. And again, this is what God wants from the beginning. Say yes to fruitfulness. Open yourself to God. Now, Bill, there's a thought I had. When you, when you look at a lot of art throughout the ages, Mary is seen reading Scripture, which is an active, it's an active thing, to be reading Scripture, pondering Scripture. That was part of her, her activeness, was when, when God approached her, she was ready. She was prepared. She had this relationship. The, the ground was fertile. So I think one of my calls, of, calls to action for us mothers, fathers, whatever it is, is to be steeped in the Word of God. That way when God, God calls you, here, here I am, Lord. I'm ready. Mary was ready. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's and Mary knowing the prophecies. Mary knew what was happening. She wasn't blindsided. When Gabriel spoke that word, everything's popping in Mary's mind because she knew the Hebrew Scriptures and the prophets. And so it was a, a fully knowledgeable yes Right, because as you said, Joe, she's always steeped in the Word of God, and and that great word is, you know, here I am, Lord, I'm ready to do Your will. You know, one of the things that I think we're dealing with right now is a, an attack on our families. I mean, the family is being attacked a lot on on every direction, and there is so much confusion right now. I mean, even just the confusion of who we are as a as a male and a female. Um, we're confused about that. Um, and we've really lost sight of what marriage is. 
and what God intended for marriage. And you talked about the reset. And so in your mind, how does theology of the body help with that reset or that renewal for this just profound confusion that we have in our world right now when it comes to marriage? Yeah, what a great question, Maggie. Oh, how much time do we have? Because, man, that's a good question. (laughs) You know, Pope Benedict has this wonderful insight uh, in a a book he wrote about Mary. And he says, she is the open vessel of longing. Mary is the open vessel of longing. Mary is the holy soil ready to receive. And I think in these days of, you know, cultural conflict and combat and the battle for our faith and so many things we took for granted, you know, I know what a man is. I know what a woman is. All of these are being unsettled and flipped. The, we can't join in the frenetic battle and just keep a, like that kind of a fight. We have to become holy soil. We have to become the receptive hearts that Mary was if this is going to be the, the, the reset to start fresh again. So I think for those listening uh, in families, mothers, fathers, just be careful of how much you take in from the news. You know, it's time to actually throw one said, read not the times, read the eternities. That means we steep ourselves, as Joe said, back in the word, become holy soil. And we find our identity in the theology of the body, which is a scriptural meditation. So moms, dads, if you're tuning in, carve out time, kill time, waste time every day before the Lord begging him to send the seed into the soil of your soul, begging him to send the rain that will refresh you. The more we receive in that posture, the more we're going to know who we are, and then we're going to be active in the mission of the family, right? We'll be active in the mission of the family, but it's all rooted in receiving our identity from him, rooted in Genesis, male and female, he created them, be fruitful and multiply was the first commandment. See, it's all in Genesis. So that's, that's the way to go, is to go back to the beginning in order to press into the future with joyful missionary hearts that comes right out of the family. I, I heard a quote by uh, George Weigel. And some people watching this, George Weigel is a guy who writes books and uh, comments on, I think he was uh, Pope John Paul II's official biographer, and he characterized theology of the body as like a ticking time bomb for the 21st century. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? I mean, it, it, it was really, and, and we're living in such a confusing time right now that the theology of the body is the opposite of what the culture is telling us is right. So it's like this time bomb is ticking, according to George Weigel. How do we ignite it? Mm. (laughs) Again, how much time do we have? This is such exciting stuff to talk about. We ignite it by by acknowledging the truth of where we came from, right? It it is the ticking time bomb, but what is it? It's, It's the fact that our genesis... Our gender came from Genesis. There's all this talk of gender today and, and identity, but our Genesis came from, uh, from God, and our gender came from this generous God who wants us to generously generate new generations. That's what gender is. 
So that that is a time bomb to blow up. And all it is is the real world. It's reality. It's God's original vision for man and woman created generously by a generating God of love to generously generate new life, right? It's family that is going to stand the test of time. All the ideologies are going to fade and pass. Families will survive when they're rooted in that genesis. And there's hope, right? There's hope that we can outlast all the confusion if we stay true to who we are and whose we are. Bill, I I like to get practical on my show. Uh, I always look for specific advice at the end. Uh, So theology of the body, what can it teach us? We talked a little bit about Mary specifically. What can it practically teach us to do for living out the the call to being a holy family? What are some ideas for uh, for people watching right now that they can implement in their lives to live out this this call to a holy family? Yeah, I love that, Joe. We got to be it's got to be boots on the ground. This whole theology has to land in uh, in our biology, right? I think a, a few simple practical things. The whole trajectory of my life as a husband and father of four is to get out of me. And into we, into my wife's heart and mind, into my children's experiences and stories and questions. So how can I move from just me monologuing all day long about me, 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 and breaking open myself to enter the dialogue of the other? Theology of the body at its root is everything's a gift. Everyone is a gift. And my call is to become a gift. So practically speaking, what does that mean? You don't always have to be concerned about yourself. You don't always have to share your opinion. You don't have to wait for somebody else to stop talking so you can trump their story with your story. You can be open to the mystery of everyone. You can really be attentive to your wife, to your children, to the people in your neighborhood. The new evangelization has been said is much more listening than speaking. And I think this goes back to this fruitful receptivity. So, so try to do that. Get out of the me and into the we, and your life will get richer. That, that's the theology of the body at its core. By attentiveness to others, we get richer lives ourselves. That can happen in the next five minutes, right? Opportunities abound. You know, Bishop, Bishop Barron has a line that I use a lot, which is, your life is not about you, which is a great summation of this, uh, this Marian doctrine of, of selflessness is, your life is not about you. And until you realize that, you're not going to be able to live out your call, your call to, to be generative and to give to others. So I, I think he does a great job of summing that up. Along those same lines, when we're looking at you know, practical ways to ignite this rich teaching, if folks listening want to learn more about theology of the body, what are some resources that you would recommend for people to learn more about this fabulous teaching that we have in our church? Sure. Thank you uh, for asking that, Maggie. This might be a little partial, but the TOB Institute, where I presently am situated, it's tobinstitute.org. And we have a whole resource page, books, videos, all sorts of stuff. We um, have a vibrant YouTube channel where we have crisp little 5, 10, 20-minute reflections on John Paul's thought available. And we offer five-day courses uh, to immerse men and women of all vocations and ages in this theology of the body. In fact, there's one happening right now up the hill um, with Christopher West. So we are at the service of the church. If people want to go a little deeper from uh, simple books and introductions to the week-long courses, uh, we do feel so called to this 
as you said, Tom, the culture is thirsting for it without even knowing it. And uh, the resources are available. There's a, there's a lot out there. In our remaining minutes, uh, Bill, can you tell us something about natural family planning? What's that have to do with fruitfulness? What's that have to do with theology of the body? And how is that a response to a contraceptive-focused culture in which we live? Yeah, let me give you my microwave version here. Yeah, that'd be great. Microwave version. And again, resources are available. I know that y'all have the connections as well. It kind of fits everything we've been talking about, this receptive posture. Natural family planning is not just a tool, but a spirituality. It's attentive to the fertility cycle of a woman. Husband and wife share in dialogue of reading those naturally occurring signs in the woman's body and prayerfully discern, you know, plan their parenthood. That's not an intrinsically evil phrase, planned parenthood. We know on the other side it can be, but the church calls us to this responsible parenthood. NFP is being open to the signs and attentive to the naturally occurring infertile periods and the fertile periods. And just look at the posture there. Rather than, you know, jamming hormones into a woman's body or a shot or putting on a prophylactic or a condom, we're open to the mystery of this gift of life. It's not a curse, it's a gift. And we're, we're planning actively how to form our family open to God and the mystery of fertility. It's a whole different paradigm, isn't it? Marked by freedom, by dignity and respect for a woman's body and a man's body and openness to the God who is the author of all life. I mean, everything that flows from NFP and couples that practice it faithfully is joy, peace, patience, all those fruits of the spirit. It's a treasure that the church uh, has and has had for, for a long time. Uh, and I think it shows through the, the results of, of marriages that stick together. I mean, the stats would be less than 5% of couples that practice NFP uh, we'll, we'll see a divorce where the, the average is between 40 and 50%. And if those couples pray together, it's closer to 1%. I mean, the stats bear out. And so I think we'll, we'll cover this throughout this series on the Holy Family. What the church's vision is tends to work well in studies uh, in, in, the, in the scientific world. And you'll see it bear out itself in society that when we follow the church's teaching, the results tend to be very good. And it, this is the case as well with, with NFP. And you, you, you touched on it here. We are we're taking a the way God designed you, the way God designed a woman's body, and we're it's health. It's a health. What in what other way do we take a healthy, perfectly working organism and stifle it? I mean, yes, that's it's so backwards. Our, our culture is so backwards. So the church, John Paul specifically here is saying, no, there's a better way. Here is the way God has intended it. He's like from Genesis, from the beginning. This is how He intended it. So I think the, your point is time bomb. And one of the reasons I would never recommend just grabbing the book and trying to read it because you might you might get stuck. And so it, it's great to have the Theology of the Body Institute to help us unpack all these things. So again, my recommendation would be go look at the resources they have because I think my wife tried to grab it and tried to read through it. She might have gotten through it. I couldn't have done it. But uh, it's, a, it's, a dense, it's a dense read. Thank you for listening to part two of the Holy Family Project. We're going to head to a short break and we will be right back. This is the Young Catholic Minute. Why can't gay people get married? Because the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
We have to deal with the fact that all of creation is meant to lead us to God, so much so that He came down from heaven, became man, and gave up His life to bring us to Him in love. And while our culture gets it confused, we understand that our bodies are united with our souls, and so our love will always be expressed in and through our bodies. When we love in a sexual way, the characteristics of true love, a free, total, faithful, fruitful gift of self, are bodily realities that we must hold to. In a homosexual relationship, love can't be total or fruitful. The two can't become one flesh, nor be fruitful and multiply. Their very person, their body, prevents it. This doesn't mean that there aren't elements of true love in that relationship. There could be a deep, caring, self-sacrificing friendship, but if it becomes sexualized, their bodies have stopped telling the truth and have started living a lie. For more, youtube.com slash youngcatholic. Thank you, Caldwell Parish, for underwriting Iowa Catholic Radio. Conform to the wishes of the deceased and to Catholic liturgical burial traditions. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Caldwellparish.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Mercy College of Health Sciences. mchs.edu. Is the Eucharist really Jesus or merely a symbol? Find out as Catholic convert and apologist Steve Ray presents Defending the Eucharist. You are what you eat. Friday evening, April 8th at Holy Spirit Parish in Creston. Catholic convert and apologist Steve Ray will unpack the biblical and historical basis for this crucial teaching, helping you understand and defend the Blessed Sacrament. That's Friday, April 8th, 6 p.m. at Holy Spirit Parish in Creston. Free will offering accepted. Visit iowacatholicradio.com to register. My help comes from you. You're right here Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Again, go to PulseForLife.org. Check out the great work of the people uh, there at Ions for Life, formerly known as Ions for Life, now Pulse Life Advocates. Have a, a few things to point out, a few uh, plugs to make when it comes to the events in Des Moines. Want to uh, give a shout out, uh, especially for these two major events coming up. Thursday, April 7th at 6 p.m. at St. Francis of Assisi in West Des Moines. Steve Ray, internationally acclaimed speaker, one of the most sought after speakers in the Catholic world, will be at St. Francis on Thursday, April 7th at 6 p.m. Born again, faith alone, what must I do to be saved? That'll be the... uh, purpose of his talk or the title of his talk Steve Ray as you may know is a convert to the church and is a wealth of knowledge I've done a handful of his bible studies listened to many of his talks Steve Ray is an incredible incredible voice for the church and if you are down near Creston the next night on April 8th you will be at Holy Spirit Parish in Creston with a talk called Defending the Eucharist that might be worth a trip to Creston Iowa if you're even if you're in Des Moines to see him on Friday April 8th doing Defending the Eucharist. Two really great opportunities to see this wonderful, brilliant mind in the church. We are so blessed, guys. We're so blessed here in Des Moines. Our diocese, I've had lots of people tell me how unique our diocese is. And honestly, a huge part of this, a huge part of the evangelization efforts and these great events we have is Iowa Catholic Radio. Your support of Iowa Catholic Radio 
is a, means a lot and allows us to put these events on. Uh, and again, a lot of the, a lot of these great evangelical things that are taking place. A lot of these great speakers we have are because of Iowa Catholic radio. I just, I don't want people to lose sight of that. I think it's easy for us to take it for granted. Um, but when we have these opportunities to have a guy like Steve Ray come to town, we need to support them. We also need to support the station that allows them to happen. So thank you for joining me today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness. 